0: This week on Science for the People, we are discussing dark personality traits. Everyone has them, and how they manifest themselves depends on your D-level. We'll be speaking with Dr. Ingo Zettler about what the D-factor is and what influences your D-level. Welcome to Science for the People. I'm Anika Hazra. With me is Dr. Ingo Zettler, Professor of Psychology in the Faculty of Social Sciences at the University of Copenhagen. Ingo, welcome to Science for the People.
1: Yeah, Hi, Annika. Thank you for having me here.
0: So let's get started with the most obvious question. What is the D factor?
1: So the D stands for dark. Um, and the reason for this is that psychologists have used the term dark traits for personality traits, personality characteristics like sadism, Psychopathy, Nazism, Machiavellism. Um, yeah, that have kind of a negative connotation. And together with uh, two colleagues, with uh, Dr. Moshagen and Dr. Hilbig, we thought that all the different dark traits, like sadism, psychopathy, and so on, we think that they are just what we termed the flavored manifestation of a general underlying tendency. So, which we termed the dark factor of personality. So, we think the dark factor or the D factor describes a general tendency to what degree people, you could say, aim for personal uh, utility or personal aims at the cost of other people. And at the same time, they also have some kind of beliefs that can serve as justifications. So, for example, they believe that everybody is looking out for themselves. And if you tend to believe that this is correct, like all over the world, then you might have an easy justification to think that it's also fine if you go for your own aims, even at the cost of other people.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about the history of research on dark personality traits and how this field came to be?
1: You could say they're like maybe... So the long tradition is a clinical psychology perspective. So from a clinical psychology perspective or more generally a psychology perspective, like in the last 100 years, there was always some interest in like Nazism and at some point like also in... Traits like right wing authoritarianism, like psychopathy, which kind of have a negative connotation. And then at the beginning of this century, actually, so in 2002, a Canadian researcher, Dr. Paulus, he suggested that um, three so called dark traits, machiavellism, narcissism, and psychopathy, that they can be labeled, or he labeled them, as the dark triad of personality, mm-hmm. um, basically stating that they have some things in common, but they are also different. And I would say from the beginning, or from the publication um, in 2002, then research on dark traits has yeah, literally exploded in the last 20 years. So people have thought about, OK, what might be other dark traits that are relevant, like sadism, for example, spitefulness, um, and when... Do these dark traits um, affect human behavior, and to what degree?
0: So to give our audience a better idea of what these dark traits are, could you describe the three most common or, I guess, well-known types of dark personality traits, Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy?
1: Yeah, I'll try to do it, but of course it's uh, uh, because we tend to believe there's a general underlying tendency to, um, we typically put not so much emphasis on the differences. But narcissism typically comes along with a sense of entitlement that people believe that they deserve um, just the best, that they are really great, that they are better than others, or that only very few other people are as good as they are. Um, And of course, this kind of belief that people have, they might serve as an easy justification to take what they want. And of course, narcissists also sometimes want to uh, be in the center of attention. For example, psychopathy, in contrast, has typically been considered um, when people, for example, are relative um, lack like empathy towards other people. So they take what they want, um, disregarding like the cost for other people. Um, for the, I don't know, they they might go. Um, for revenge, for example, quite often, yeah, they lack like empathy. Um, they they are described as fearfulness often and like um, as having a cold heart. And finally, Machiavellism has been considered as kind of a tendency which describes when people behave more or less in a strategic manner to get what they want. Mm-hmm. So, for example, they might hold back some information towards others in order to use them later. Um, they might also maybe cheat and lie a little in order to, um, deceive other people. But again, with the idea, of course, to, um, yeah, to strive for own utility or for own aims. But I think Machiavellism is to be considered in a me- bit more, yeah, technical sense.
0: Okay. So I see the commonalities between these three types of dark personalities, but they also seem pretty distinct at the same time. So how did you and your collaborators come to realize that there was a common core of traits shared by people who have dark or darker personalities?
1: The idea that there is a common core has already been suggested by other people before us, so in this regard that's not really new, but um, people or other researchers they have still most often considered the differences between the dark traits and argued that they really result in different kinds of behavior. Um, And they have most often focused around these so-called dark triad, or they have added Zadism, and then it's called the dark tetrad. And what we thought is that mm, you could say the way you express your strivings for own utility, the way you express your how you try to reach your own goals um, at the cost of other people, that these are more or less, as I said before, something like flavored manifestations. But the underlying principle from our perspective, this is in which people differ. So some people just like want to reach their own aims as much as possible, even if it comes as disutility for others and others do not have such a strong tendency. Um, So I would say we rather focused on the basic underlying principle, which again was already suggested before, um, but we thought that might deserve a bit more attention And then also we looked at the beginning at nine supposedly different dark traits. Later, we looked at um, two further ones, so now we're up to 11, and considered whether they can all be boiled down to a general principle.
0: Can someone demonstrate instances of Machiavellianism, narcissism, or psychopathy, but not have altogether a dark personality? At what point would a person be classified as having a dark personality as opposed to just having dark moments?
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good question. Um, the way personality researchers think about personality traits is like that you people are place you more or less on a continuum. So you have rather low levels or rather high levels in a personality trait. Think about intelligence. So there is no person who does not have any intelligence. Uh, so rather people have rather lower or higher levels. In, I don't know, what is typically considered intelligence. And the same goes for the uh, dark traits or the dark factor. This means, as researchers would say, you have some kind of probabilistic descriptions how people generally behave. So it might be that a person who has a generally high level in dark traits or high dark factor, it means this person has a higher likelihood to show behavior related um yeah to these dark personality characteristics. But it might still be that this person does not always show this kind of behavior, or that people who typically have a lower level also sometimes have, as you said, have these dark moments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that is where the situation comes into play. Like the circumstances, the mood sometimes, mm-hmm. the interaction partners.
0: So everyone has some degree of darkness to them, and they have the potential to develop a dark personality.
1: I would say every person has some levels on dark traits, but the levels can be very low. Um, and exactly. And based on your levels, you have a higher or lower likelihood to show yeah, a behavior related to dark personality traits.
0: Let's get more into what D represents. So how exactly are dark traits connected? What does D represent that's common among all dark traits?
1: Yeah, to put it simple, it's just that people strive for own aims at the cost of others. So, um, yeah, you want to have more money, for example, more power, more status, and you want to reach this aim explicitly, you could say, at the cost of other people. Um, so, and sometimes you want even to provoke this utility for others. So when it, when you think about uh, sadistic tendencies, for example. So basically it's about striving for own utility at the cost of others. And this is complemented by what we call these justifying beliefs. So you have some kind of justifications for your behavior because again, you might think that everybody tries to reach their aims or you might think some kind of in with some kind of entitlement that you just like deserve the best. This is where you could say narcissistic tendencies come into play or you might think that, um, all other people are losers and are really like not good. Or you might think that the world is a competitive jungle overall. So you have some kind of beliefs, or these people with dark, with a high de- um, defect, or they have some kind of beliefs that justify behavior, which is trying to get what you want at the cost of others.
0: Okay, but in the case of a sadist, what would the sadists have in common with somebody who is greedy? I feel like the goals are different there. Someone who's greedy may justify, you know, hurting others in order to get money. But a the sadist, their goal is to hurt other people.
1: That's fully correct. Um, when you think about like specific behavior, like greedy behavior and sadistic behavior, they can be quite different from uh, each other, and they often are. But what is in common, as we believe, and at least what our data so far like uh, support is that there is a general tendency in these people to go for own aims. For one person, it might be more money-related when it comes to greed. For others, with regard to sadistic sadistic, uh, behavior, it might might be other aims. And this comes at cost of others, right? So when you're, like, really greedy, for example, you might also exploit others in negotiations or so. So the general tendency, we tend to believe there is some overlap between the dark trade but you could say the behavioral expressions, they might still look a bit different.
0: Okay. Uh, so on darkfactor.org, uh, your research group's website, D is defined as the tendency to ruthlessly pursue one's own interests, even when this harms others, or even for the sake of harming others, like Mercedes, mm-hmm. um, while having beliefs that justify these behaviors. What kind of harm are we talking about here?
1: Yeah, we defined it very broadly. So... Um, that means it can be any kind of harm. But also the reason why we define it broadly, it also depends on, of course, how other people react to it. Of course, if you think about uh, a dietistic behavior, this is quite easy. There's like physical harm involved. But um, people might also like, for example, in relationships or cheated negotiations or lie. And other people might react to this like a bit differently, right? So some are like very strongly affected and other might be less strongly affected. So... I would say the brief answer is it's all kind of harm, um, or any kind of disutility or any kind of what potentially or very likely harms other people.
0: What do you mean by disutility?
1: Yeah, anything that other people don't like, you could say, or which is uh, not good for others, right? So if you, uh, if you cheat like in a, um, yeah, in negotiations, for example, because you want to have, I don't know, uh, more money, and then um, the other person has less money. So that's basically disutility for the other person, right? If you think about sadistic behavior, that's like, like the physical harm that you pose on other people. That's disutility for others. Yeah, it's a very scientific term. Um, yeah, but we, um, it has been used before by many others. And because we wanted to have a very broad concept of, you could say, utility for people with a high D factor, and disutility, what they impose on others, um, yeah, we, we stick to the term utility and disutility.
0: Okay. And the Dark Factor website also states that those with high levels of D will hold beliefs that serve to justify their corresponding actions. For example, to maintain a positive self-image despite malevolent behavior. Does this mean that people with high levels of D are unaware of the harmful effects of their behavior on others? Or are they just manipulating themselves to believe that these harmful effects are justified?
1: Good question again. Um, So sometimes they are very aware of that. They, uh, post disutility on others. So again, think about, um, sadistic behavior. So people, of course, notice that other people suffer from it physically. Um, and sometimes people uh, might not even notice that there's disutility on others because they just don't think about it. If they like empathy, for example. Um, so first, the first part of your question is, I would say, um, there's a huge difference in whether people really notice that other people suffer from them or whether they actively want even, um, other people suffering from them. So there can be also any kind of, um, of perceptions of this. Um, with regard to the second part of your question, whether they, you could say, um, lie to themselves, um, it's again, it's there are different justifications. So if you just believe, if you're like a, uh, if you have very high levels in narcissistic tendencies, and you just like believe that you deserve the best, and if you tend to believe that you deserve the best, it's a very easy justification for you to cheat on others, for example, right? So I'm not, I would probably not use the term manipulating themselves. It's just like these people have beliefs that helps them justifying any kind of behavior which is related to dark traits. If you tend to believe that everybody in the world just tries to get what they want, then it's also a very good justification that you also try to get what you want, even if um, other people have to suffer from it. Um, I'm not so sure whether this is like really manipulation. It's just like the way how you see the world. And this helps you, of course, in uh, in acting in line with your personality characteristics
0: maybe it's just a lack of guilt
1: mm, people with a high d factor yeah of course they um, but sometimes i would say they they notice that um, that they doing something wrong it's not that they think they're always doing it correctly they just think that it's correct they do it the way they do it that doesn't mean it's right or wrong uh, but generally probably they have kind of a lack of guilt Yeah, we haven't investigated this yet.
0: Okay, Uh, so you can actually take the test, a test on the Dark Factor website to find out your D score. Uh, For those listening to this interview, the link is in the description for the episode. I took the test for research purposes, so let's break down my results. By the way, there are three versions of this test for those listening, one that provides 17 statements for you to respond to, one with 35 statements, and one with 70 statements. I took the longest version with 70 statements. Uh, so, I was very relieved to find that my D score is 2.37, which is on the lower side. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, is this a scale? Uh,
1: actually, it's very low, actually.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a scale from 0 to 5, right?
1: Ah, sorry. You, yeah, it's a scale from 0 to 5. So, um, sorry, I thought you were referring to the um, percentage. Not no, no, your no, score. no, no. Okay, <laughs> the okay. The actual
0: score is two point three seven.
1: Okay, sorry. Sorry for misunderstanding. Um,
0: my percentage was actually fifty percent, so I'm just right yeah.
1: in the middle. Yeah.
0: Uh, so this is this. Is, it's lower. It's not you know yeah, above yeah.
1: three. Uh, okay. uh,
0: and then the test results are further broken down into ten dark traits. These being egoism, greed, Machiavellianism, moral disengagement, narcissism psychological entitlement, psychopathy, sadism, self-centeredness, and finally, spitefulness. Uh, So I scored below two for spitefulness, egoism, greed, moral disengagement, and sadism. Great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I scored 2.44 for psychopathy and 2.72 for Machiavellianism. So it appears that I am slightly callous, impulsive, (gasps) cynical, and manipulative. But only slightly.
1: Yeah, at least in in relation to the other traits. Yes, that's right.
0: And then I scored a 3 for self-centeredness, a 3.8 for psychological entitlement, and this one hurts the most, a (laughs) 4 for narcissism. Okay, Ingo, what do I do with these results?
1: Yeah, the first question that I have, do you think that they reflect yourself self you somehow, or were you very surprised by them?
0: Um, I was surprised. Also, I think I might have known a little bit about (laughs) the narcissism all along. Maybe I just kind of pushed those thoughts about myself to the back of my mind so that I would... I don't know. It's confusing. I am surprised and also not surprised, Um. Okay, as for the score itself, um, I'm a little confused about how it works. So I scored pretty mm-hmm. high for a couple of traits and then fairly low for most others. So is the D score mm-hmm. just an average of everything?
1: Yeah, it's kind of an average of everything. Not statistically, not exactly, but, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of an average of uh, the different traits that we assess. That's correct.
0: What exactly is it measuring, though?
1: The dark sector. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's you could say that's just like again like your general tendency to go for your own aims at the cost of others, kind of irrespective of the dark traits. And by doing this, we just look um, at your responses across the different. So you took the long version, right? So we look at your responses across the seventy statements. And, but not all of these dark traits have exactly the same number of items. That's why it's not simply the average you could say of um, nine different dark traits you get a, um, you get feedback on. But more or less it's the, more or less it's the average across the dark characteristics that we assess.
0: Okay, well, I have to say I'm yeah. pretty this is pretty embarrassing getting a 4 for narcissism because I actually I like to accuse other people of being <laughs> all the time, you know, I don't like this person, they're so self-absorbed they're a narcissist. I don't like spending time with this person because they're a narcissist. All they want to do is talk about themselves. This person is having a hard time in life because they're a narcissist. Uh, Lo and behold, I'm also a narcissist. (laughs) I guess it takes one to know one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so uh, I also didn't answer your question right, what you do with the results. So first I just asked back whether you think they are somewhat appropriate or not. Of course, like all tests, all yeah test scores you you get not only like um, via the internet, um, they are also biased. I don't know by the mood and by the specific items that they use um, to some degree. But I would say probably the um, relative differences across the dark trades they might arguably be at least hopefully, if our test works relatively okay, um, they are hopefully correct. So um, and if it really bothers you, I mean then just like talk to your friends or or family, so people who know you well, right, whether they think that that's really you, uh, with regard to the dark traits. This is um, what we sometimes tell people when they ask us what to do with, with high test scores. They don't want to, to know. So first of all, get the perception of others, whether they believe it is correct, and if it's correct, whether it's a problem, right? I mm-hmm. mean, for, for some jobs, it's probably also good to have uh, narcissistic tendencies, um, as long as you don't do it at the cost of others, right?
0: So. Thank you for that reassurance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, what if, what if I were to ask my friends and family if they think I'm a narcissist and they say no? Say I'm really good at heart, like hiding this particular characteristic from them and as well as from myself. Like I said, I I was surprised to see this result.
1: Uh, that's very uh, kind to us because at least one explanation could be that our test doesn't work correctly, right? So, so um, if your self-perception and the perception of close others is very different from, from what our feedback tells you, so one idea might be that the, the test doesn't work. At least doesn't work for you. Um, I have to say I don't think that this is um, the most plausible explanation, um, but at least it's one. Of course, another explanation. Um, might simply be, as you said, you might be a bit aware of that this is one part of your personality um, tendency um, that you maybe don't like. And so you actively work against um, expressing this in behavior, right? So the, you might have, you could say, the, the tendency, um, you might have narcissistic tendencies in your personality and you might want to do it, like from your personality perspective, but maybe because it's really part um of your self view that you don't like, so so that hinders you sometimes maybe to express this in very strong behavior. So this might be another reason why close others might also not think that that you are a narcissist or so. Right. So so for example, I'm really bad at self-control, right? This is part of my personality that I don't like. I don't do sports as often as I should, which means I hardly ever do it. Right. So the only thing that helps me in uh, at least trying to pretend that I'm a bit higher in self-control as I am, is, is um, making very um, clear schedules and having some kind of uh, motivational features in my daily life to behave in a way which is not really my underlying personality or has not been for a for long time. So And for you, it might be the opposite.
0: You know, I wonder, do you think these results could change throughout somebody's life? Could someone have a completely different score, when they're younger as opposed to when they're older?
1: So, um, there's uh, a lot of very good research, um, by, by many people that shows two things when it comes to personality change. So, on the one hand, personality does change and most people, uh, get nicer when they get older, right? So, um, we also have some, some data that show from a sample from around 1,000 people, um, that the defector actually goes a bit down, gets a bit lower over time. So on the one hand, people, um, uh, get a bit nicer when they're getting older. On the other hand, so that's in absolute terms, right? There is personality change. On the other hand, um, in relative terms, so if you compare yourself to your peer group, um, and let's say you are slightly above average in narcissism, um, then it's very likely that also in 10 or 20 years, you will still be slightly above average in narcissism, even though your general level of narcissism might have also decreased.
0: That makes me wonder what the role of your circumstances is. You've mentioned circumstances already um, when it comes to shaping your D factors. So, things like your age, gender, where you live, your income, and whatnot. Um, so, do you think it's possible for someone, if they work on it, to change their personality? Or if their circumstances change, do you think that could also change their personality?
1: Yeah, so yeah, you can change personality, um, but it's a long process. And it's uh, at least for most people at most trades, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it it's, um, it often works is that you try to change your behavior in a way that it's even I would put it like something like against your personality, right? So again, you are, might, might now be aware of the fact that according to our test score, you have slightly higher level of narcissism. And so you really uh, want to change this. So you might be very attentive towards your behavior in the weeks and months to come to not show narcissistic behavior, right? And at some point, you might kind of internalize this new behavior um, to a degree that you could say you have lower levels in narcissism. First of all, you have lower levels or less signs of narcissistic behavior. And then over the months, if you do it like really consistently and can catch uh, and can keep up with this, then you might also have, if you would fill out the test one year later or two years later, probably lower, you would probably self-describe yourself as being lower in narcissism. Mm -hmm. So you can change personality traits by trying to adapt your behavior and being very consistent and successful in changing um, your behavior um, that it does not completely you could say correspond to your current personality levels Um, and then sometimes there might just be circumstances um, I don't know um, that you you really don't show any kind of um, dark factor related behavior I don't know just because other people are watching um, you would feel very guilty because you know the interaction partner or whatsoever. So these might be like very like episodic one situation circumstances in which you also don't show behavior in line with your personality.
0: Do you think a change in circumstances might be a much more effective way to change your personality, say if you are influenced by where you live and you decide to move to a different country?
1: Yeah, it affects your behavior. And uh, if you move to another country, um, of course, um, over the time, then um, you get a new reference group, you get new kinds of behavior, and then that will become at some point part of your pers- new personality, right? So it will affect your personality, yeah? Huh? Of course, having a dramatic shift in the environment often comes along with changes in personality over time. Yeah.
0: Would you say then that people that live in certain countries will have worse personalities than people living in other countries?
1: Um, ah, that's a trick question. <laughs> um th- <laughs> the scientific answer is probably yeah no 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 so so, so we also have of course uh, uh, we have close to two hundred thousand people which have now filtered our question on the website and they we also ask them from which country they are um, so we can see some kind of differences between countries uh, which I will not reveal now but oh. let's say we can see differences um, but. At least one scientific perspective is also that you typically fill out the items with some kind of your reference group. And the reference group typically is, um, yeah, your, your environment and people in your own country, right? So if I think, for example, about, um, how important is it for me to get something better than others? Like I think about like my country as a reference group and how other people in my reference group might probably um might probably um, can probably be placed on such a continuum. So if you then change your environment, this might also affect, you could say, how you self-describe yourself. So you might probably assume at some point, oh, I'm, I'm maybe not such a bad person at all, because here it's, for example, quite normal to use corruption because everybody does it. If you move to a country where this is very high, right? If you then move to another country where corruption is very low, and I don't know, you were always, let's say, in the gray area, then you might say, oh, I'm really Like, uh, I really have a strong tendency to go for corruption just because your reference group uh, signals to you uh, what's enormous.
0: How do you think knowing what their D score is will impact a person, say for the more than 200,000 people who have taken the test already? So in my case, what does it say about a a person who has become aware that they're very close to being a full-blown narcissist but isn't happy about it? You know, I think this all goes back to self-awareness and a sense of awareness about the effects of your behavior on others. So don't you think it's strange that there could be people with dark personalities who just don't know that they have dark personalities?
1: First of all, I think, of course, it's important why people take the test, right? Mm-hmm. Or take the questionnaire. So, so we put it online because we sometimes got requests and we thought it might be nice for people might just be For some people, just like fun, filling it out, and then you could say not paying too much attention to it. Other people might really be very, very interested into their own dark personality traits and and really think about, you could say, every item, every statement that we ask them for quite a long time and then fill it out. So I think, first of all, there's huge differences in why people fill out. Like like such an online questionnaire. Of course, we we also ask them at the end whether they did it like thoroughly uh, and and yeah and as honest as uh, as they think they they could. Um, try so that we only try to look at these kind of answers. Um, but of course, it might be that some people, because that's also an easy justification, have not really noticed that um, yeah that they inflict harm on other people quite consistently. Maybe because nobody has ever told them quite clearly, and so they always had the idea that this was still acceptable behavior, or maybe they thought this is what everybody else does. So yes, it might be that some people who show a lot of, let's put it negatively connoted behavior, might not be aware of that this is part of their personality.
0: Do you know how most people are finding the D-score test? Are they just, do you know, if they're just googling, do I have a dark personality, or? Are most people finding this test through connections to universities where you and your collaborators work?
1: Um, I sincerely don't know because all three of us are really bad on social media. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if it's via social media, we uh, wouldn't notice. Um, yeah, I think uh, part of uh, what, what has happened sometimes uh, like now, then uh, some newspapers or some podcasts, um, they take it up. Um, and then we can see, like, a peak, of course, in people like from this partic- particular ca- particular country, uh, when there was a newspaper article in the in the following days. I think it's mostly about media attention.
0: Okay. And have you taken the test?
1: Uh, actually, not. I mean, in a way, uh, I have taken it a hundred times in order mm-hmm. to ensure that it works. And uh, we thought we we took some items from others, adapted them from previous ones, um, uh, developed some new items. So, of course, um, yeah, along this process, I have seen uh, every item uh, uh, quite a few times. Yeah, but of course, if you also develop the items or put them together um, or put different items together or adapt them, then you can't really fill it out without knowing how it works at the end oh, concerning see. your results. So it's a bit, yeah.
0: So you'd be biased yeah. if you were taking it right, again right now.
1: I think I would love to say I could fill it out completely unbiased, but probably psychology research would suggest that that's not possible. Okay. So, yes.
0: We're, well, while you took it those hundred times, were your results consistent?
1: Uh, that's that's uh, my narcissistic tendency now that I tend to believe how I would be placed on the dark sector. So uh, results are pretty consistent, yes.
0: Okay, so where would your score be? Let's skip. If you could estimate.
1: Yeah, I'm not as low as I would like to be and as I pretend to be, uh, at least uh, <laughs> uh, concerning close family and, and friends and colleagues, uh, but I probably also don't have an overly high uh, defector. So somewhat average. That's...
0: You're not going to give me a number like a 2.5, mm. 3. Oh, no,
1: I, I, I really I have and that's really um, an honest answer now i've never looked at any single number as an outcome so for me it's more relevant to think about if yeah if you look at the comparison group like all the other thousands of people who filled it out so are you like higher or lower i'm i'm not paying so much attention about the number
0: okay but i think
1: okay to to uh, i would say it's fair to say that i'm probably very very low on sadism at least i couldn't assume that uh, i score high on 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 this trait but i'm probably also more high on psychological entitlement narcissism and maybe Machiavellism.
0: okay psychological entitlement is interesting can you explain what that is
1: yeah it's it's i would say it's related to narcissism it just mm-hmm. gives you yeah the feeling um, that you somehow deserve um uh, that good things happen to you, so you just have the feeling that that you're like an uh, a person that just like deserves that 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 good things happen.
0: Yeah. So do certain traits tend to group together? so I noticed that I scored higher for self-centeredness, psychological entitlement, and narcissism. Is it because these three tend to be more similar to each other than to the other traits?
1: yeah so um yeah what we can see you could say um that some kind of of we might call them themes now uh within the dark factor emerge right so and and you're fully correct that something like narcissistic entitlement is uh one theme that we find across items from different dark traits. another one um which typically stands out quite well is um, Zadism, which seems to be, um, it's a bit related to spitefulness um, in the feedback, Um, or they are more closely related, you could say, maybe than than some other traits, so some kind of um, sadistic tendencies. Then parts of deception you can find across different dark traits that we give feedback on, probably most pronounced on on deceitfulness, um, but also on, on some others. And then, yeah, callousness or yeah, lack of empathy, it's another, yeah, we call it maybe theme that you can find um, across different dark traits. So yes, to answer your question, we can see, I wouldn't call them that different dark traits are more closely related to each other than others, although this obviously happens if you look at the statistics, but more that different, you could say, themes or maybe way to maybe it's ways to express the dark factor that they occur across different dark traits.
0: Okay. Uh, just out of curiosity, why are there three versions of this test?
1: Yeah, oh, actually, I, uh, I think it's just um, to make it easy for people. So we know that some people really just don't want to spend much time on it, so that's why we uh, prepared a very brief version with the 16-item version. And of course, the more items you use, typically the more precise um mm-hmm. our feedback can be right and so we think and that 70 items i don't know how long how long um did it take you to fill out the questionnaire
0: 15 minutes okay
1: yeah yeah so so that's good that was kind of um our estimate that like between 10 and 15 minutes is what most people would need to use for like uh, 70 items and then for people who just don't want to spend so much time we just prepared briefer versions <laughs> and also of course for other I mean, for our own research or other researchers, um, if they want to use it for for research purposes, um, sometimes you cannot include so many items, right, because you have other constructs or other personality traits you would like to assess. So then it's typically quite handy to have a brief version.
0: Okay. So what is the data from the test being used for?
1: Yeah, so far we have still mostly, um, we have mostly used it to, uh, you could say to double check whether our idea is correct, that you can find an underlying sector across the different dark trades. And of course, the more data you have, the more sure you can be that this is correct. And also now, because we have now so many data from different countries, this seems to be like a really valid point. Um, we have also linked the D factor to different kind of criteria like cheating, um, lying, aggression, uh, self-reported crime, for example, um, uh, or you could say lack of altruism or selfishness in like behavioral games. So then we link, you could say, the questioner data on the dark factor with different criteria to see whether people who have rather high levels in D also tend to behave in a way which we would assume people with higher levels in d actually do. So it's more, you could say, from a scientific perspective, a validation of the construct of d, and also then, of course, of our measurement of d.
0: Are there any studies you're currently working on, or you've planned for furthering this theory of the common core of dark personality traits?
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, we are interested in the moment into, like, the stability and change of, of D and the dark trades, right? So, um, a bit going back to the question, um, that you asked earlier, whether, like, people can change their levels in D or whether people levels in D change or the dark trades change. Then we have started to look into these uh, themes within the dark factor. So whether they are grouped alongside the dark trades as we provide feedback on. Or whether you can say they are like different ways of expressing D, which run a bit across um, the nine different dark traits we provide feedback on. Um, we are now trying to, um, set up more studies in a like forensic setting. Um, and also just like more, you could say with real life data. So where we uh, have some kind of objective information of people. Um, of course, if people are, are willing to provide them and can provide them. Um, to look whether or you could say how the influence of d on actual behavior in real life is and not only um, actual behavior you could say in our online or uh, laboratory experiments
0: well Ingo this was fun it was a pleasure speaking with you about my dark personality traits. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your time
1: yeah thank you very much yeah uh, I hope it worked uh, somewhat nicely, and maybe you do it again in one year and then see how your <laughs> narcissistic uh, trade has evolved. Okay, it's a deal. Okay.
0: If you want to learn more about Dr. Ingo Zettler, you can check out his links on our website at www.scienceforthepeople.ca. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Science for the People.
1: Science for the People is listener-supported. You can find us on Patreon, where you can support us with monthly donations in any amount. Your support keeps us afloat and able to keep making great new episodes, and we thank you for it. The show is produced by Rochelle Saunders and edited by Ryan Bromsgrove. We get help with special projects from K.O. Myers. Our theme song was written and recorded by Fractal Pattern, and its title is Binary Consequence. The show is hosted by Bethany Brookshire, Anika Hazra, Marion Kilgour, and me, Rochelle Saunders.